0: somewhere along the line in your journey of becoming a better jazz musician, you are going to fail. Like There's going to be something that goes wrong, maybe even in your mind, very wrong. Like You get lost in the middle of the chord changes at a jam session or a gig and it's embarrassing, or you completely flub a solo and it doesn't sound good. It sounds absolutely horrible. You may, even just in the practice room by yourself, disappoint yourself with the progress that you're making. And you'll look at it as a failure. But how do we deal with that? Like, how do we deal with those failures and how do we come out better on the other side of them? And how do we reframe our thinking about what musical failure actually is and what it means? Well, that's exactly what I'm going to talk about in today's episode. We're going to dive deep into that topic so that we can start reframing the narrative and improving our jazz skills with the right mindset. Let's do this thing. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host... He's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Hey, what's up, everybody? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards, where we help musicians just like you learn how to play jazz, all while shortening the learning curve, no matter what instrument you play. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, where we do all kinds of jazz improv and jazz theory and deep dives into jazz standard tutorials, and also kind of mindset episodes like today. So if this is your very first time listening, we're actually talking about something that is incredibly important, not only for becoming a better jazz musician, but just a better musician in general. And we're going to be talking about failure and dealing with failure musically. But also, more so on the side of how do we actually think about failure? Like, what is the mindset, the growth mindset that we can adopt here in order to improve and use failure as a tool? So, uh, we're going to really dive into this and uh, just explore this topic um, because I think all of us can relate to some of the things I said in the intro feeling embarrassed, feeling disappointed feeling like things aren't going right, feeling like you may never get it. You'll never play the solos. You'll never play the bass lines. You'll never comp just like your favorite jazz musicians. It just won't happen, right? And you are getting frustrated. That's a natural feeling when you're not feeling like you're progressing fast enough or you've practiced something so hard, yet you still messed it up when it came down to performance time, right? We all go through that. So we need to learn how to rethink this entire narrative. Before we do that, of course, today's episode is sponsored by our very own LJS Inner Circle membership. The Inner Circle membership helps you become a better jazz musician and it helps you shorten the learning curve while practicing less because you're focusing on the right things that you need to practice. You're focusing on the things that are truly going to move the needle in step by step frameworks that help you improve quicker. We do this through our monthly jazz standard studies in the Jazz Standards Club. Our practice program courses, our Basics 101 courses to fill in the gaps in your musical knowledge, our monthly live q and so that you can ask your questions to me and get them answered, our amazing community of musicians playing all sorts of instruments, supporting and posting their progress and sharing their playing, and we're all growing together. It's a lot of fun. So if you've never considered joining the the Inner Circle, I'd love for you to do that. Go to ljsinnercircle.com, ljsinnercircle.com. Check out the membership and give it a whirl, because I think that you're really going to benefit from joining us in there and grow exponentially as a jazz musician. So see you in there, ljsinnercircle.com. All right, let's jump right in to the topic of mindset around musical failure. Now, I hesitated to include the word failure in today's episode because, as you're going to find out in a second, uh, I think failure is often not actually what is happening when we think that something is musical failure for ourselves. And Before we talk about that, though, we have to back up just a little bit to a conversation I was having with a member of my team, Brett Pontecorvo. Our Inner Circle members will know him well. Uh, We were having this conversation around winning mindsets. Uh, Mindsets being crucial to learning anything, music, uh, or really anything that is challenging that is new to you, uh, especially when it revolves around a language or something that you're unfamiliar with that isn't what you normally speak, right? And, and music, again, everybody's heard that, uh, that comparison that music is a language or it's like a language. And um, that is, in my opinion, quite true. So the mindset that we need to set is one of one that sets us up to win every single time, okay? One that sets us up to win every single time. And what do I mean when I say setting ourselves up to win every single time? And what that means is that we're reframing failure to understand it from the viewpoint of how it's actually giving us a benefit. I wanna give you a great example right now that has nothing to do with music. Um, So yesterday I was uh, getting, I'm getting ready to uh, get back on my YouTube channel again. I've kinda took a little hiatus from it. Uh, I won't go into all the reasons why, but I'm getting back into it posting weekly on our YouTube channel. And also coming out with another bonus quick win a podcast episode here on the podcast. So I'm kind of preparing to do all this. and something that us content creators do sometimes it's called batch recording, which means instead of me, you know recording a podcast episode or a video one every single week and posting it every week, what we do is we record a handful of episodes or videos so that they're all ready to go. And we're ahead of schedule, right? That's called batch recording. So what I did yesterday is I decided that I was going to uh, batch record the next month's videos for YouTube and our quick win podcast episodes we're about to come out with. So that's exactly what I did. I set out to do that and I had uh, really spent... Um, weeks and weeks leading up to this moment where I was planning my new tech setup to make sure it was seamless and easy. I got new software to work with. I'd gotten a, a, a different mic that would be more suitable for video. Uh, I had you know, everything going. I, I, I changed my process. I was very well prepared for each episode before it came to shooting uh, the video. So everything, I thought I had this thing under wraps. I thought that everything was going right and that I had now made my process for creating videos so much more sustainable and easy so that it wouldn't feel like such a drudgery to do them. Um, not that I don't enjoy doing them, but you know, just the process of making them. Well, I had finished recording all four of my videos, okay, and this took me about several hours or so to do this. And then all of a sudden, unfortunately, I realized, without going into too much detail, there was a flaw in my recording process, and I had made an assumption that my video was recording on one of my devices because of some prior evidence I had, but I found out, unfortunately, that it actually wasn't. (laughs) So, what basically had to end up happening is I had to spend the rest of my day re-recording every single one of those videos. Now, it I had to take a break between that to take a few deep breaths and to relax because I was very upset and I felt like a failure. Like, how could I make that stupid assumption that this was recording? How could I, uh, you know, have not looked deeper into my process? Why did I put in all this work to be so prepared? And then at the end of the day, it meant nothing. You know, I had all those thoughts going through my head. I felt like a failure. But then I went back to that conversation I had with my team member, Brett Pontecorvo, about this winning mindset. Like, How can I set myself up to win every single time by just simply switching the narrative? And what I realized is that I had done everything I could have done that I knew to do, that I had prepared for, that I had looked into the future and thought would be a problem, but I just didn't know that this would come up. So therefore, it was a necessary thing. I had to make this mistake, right? I had to make this mistake, in order for me to to learn from this so that from now on that will never happen when I record a video, right? I'll always be prepared. I'll always know what like this particular mistake, just it won't happen again because I, I know it now. I know what happened. I understand why it happened. And now what I can do is recalibrate and move forward. In other words, what I did through this process is I learned what not to do. And I learned how to do it better. So while it was painful in the moment, by observing what went wrong, I'm now able to recalibrate and improve for the future. Okay, so let's bring it back to music for a second. I think you kind of understand where I'm going with this. But when we mess up a solo, when we get lost in the song form, when we embarrass ourselves in a public setting while playing music, as all of us have done at some point in time. It's easy for us to go to those thoughts of why wasn't I more prepared? Uh, why am I not good enough? Uh, maybe I'm not cut out for this. I'll never be good enough. On and on and on and on and on. And it's easy for us to do that. But what I want us to start doing and start developing developing the mindset of is if I did get lost What is it that I can do now to recalibrate? Like, let's actually just sit down for a second and spend some time to think about why did I get lost? At what point in the song did I actually get lost? What are some possible reasons I could have gotten lost? Was it because I don't have a great sense of rhythm? The drummer threw me off. Uh, is it because I didn't know the song very well in the first place? Is it because I don't know the melody very well? Like, let's start going over a bunch of different reasons. And if we can identify those reasons of what went wrong, then we can kind of get into the laboratory, into the practice room and nail those down and start working those so that we're better prepared for next time for that not to happen. Right? That's one way we can look at failure. So, um something I want to also talk about here is this realization that I had, and that is that there is actually only one type of failure, okay? So... Oftentimes, we think of these things as failure. We think of messing up our solo, playing the wrong notes, messing up the melody, all these sorts of things as musical failures. But they're not technically failures if we're looking at it through this new lens, this lens of setting ourselves up to win every single time, looking at everything that went wrong as a net gain, right? A net gain in the right direction because if we're looking at it that way, there's only one kind of failure that you can experience in music. Okay. And that one kind of failure is if you didn't see something through to get a result. The only failure that exists in music, possibly in life, is if you didn't see something through to get a result. So in other words, if you didn't go to the jam session to try to play those songs and tackle your fear of playing with other people, then you have nothing to judge that experience off of. You, you did not gain any insight to what you could do better or if you could do it at all, right? Um, you will not know if you can play better bass lines if you've just never gone out And actually, learned bass lines. You might be frustrated that you don't know bass lines as well as you'd like to, that you wish you could play better bass lines, but you actually have never taken the time to truly study the bass lines of some of the greatest jazz bass players that have ever lived. Like you never done it, you never sat down, learned something by ear, maybe you never even looked at a transcription of a bass line. Well, that's a failure because now something that you wanted, you wanted a result. You never went through the process to actually get there because even if you see something through and don't get the desired result you want, it's technically not a failure because you've learned essential information. You can either calibrate your tactics to try to get closer to your desired result, or you can rule out your effort as not effective to getting you your desired result. So it is a necessary process to get your desired result is to simply try to simply try, right? You know, let's just say that for you, you know, you're not much of a theory person but everybody keeps t- telling you to work on your um work on your melodic minor scales, right? And you know, apply melodic minor scales to this chord and this chord and this chord. You give it a try, you give it a really good try, you practice them, you learn your melodic minor scales, you apply them over different harmonic contexts, you're working on the music. But you know at the end of the day, when you take a second to look back and evaluate it, you realize that actually, well, maybe I got something out of it. I'm not really gaining a lot from working on melodic minor scales. This is just an example. Maybe you would gain a lot from working on melodic minor scales. But that is a success right there because now you know that, hey, I don't need to spend as much time working on chord scale theory. I need to spend more time on this other thing, maybe it's learning some music by ear, that I've found actually helps me improve even quicker. Right? So it's not a failure that you spent all that time practicing melodic minor skills. It was a good thing. You probably got something out of it, and you realize that you shouldn't spend so much time on that. You should spend more time doing this. Now, uh, it reminds me of this quote by the hockey player Wayne Gretzky, made famous also by, uh, re famous by Michael Scott from The Office which is you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. You heard that before? You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. In other words, you know, if you're not out there trying to gain some knowledge or some insight or to practice or to uh, learn something by ear that you've never done that before, then you won't be able to calibrate and change, right? So you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So let's go back again and backtrack to that that mindset of setting yourself up to win every single time. It's not just about positive thinking, right? I mean, maybe the temptation for you at this point in the episode is to go, oh, great, just another person telling me to think positive when I don't feel very positive about what's happening. Um, it's not just about thinking positive because, you know, we can't force ourselves to think positive thoughts. Have you ever tried to force yourself to think positive thoughts? Like something's not going well and you're just going like, oh, you know, just just be positive, right? Just be positive or just be grateful or just be blah, 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 right? Usually that doesn't work because in the moment you don't truly believe it. So what we need to really do is think about how do we start changing our belief around failure, right? Because you're not gonna think positive and you're not going to, you know, see everything as a net gain for yourself if you don't develop the belief that it truly is a net gain for yourself. So uh, this goes to, you know, I I didn't make this up. This has come from uh, psychologists and all that stuff, like where this comes from. But how do we change our beliefs is is an important question, because let's just assume that you would agree with me that this would be a better way to look at quote unquote failure, right? That everything, even if it doesn't work out to get your desired result is a net gain. Like, let's just assume for a second that you want that as well. And I'd certainly want that, but we need to change your beliefs. So how does one, change their beliefs, right? About anything, right? So first, we need to identify what the old belief is, okay? We need to identify what the old belief is. So the old belief is that um, if I get lost in a tune, then, you know, I'm never going to be able to to, to, to not get lost. Like, right. I just, I'm just not good enough as a musician or you play all the wrong notes, right. When you're, when you're playing, like, I'm not going to be able to play the right note. Like maybe these are the old beliefs that you have. Like, I'm just not going to be good enough or I don't have enough time to practice. This is a very common one. Like, you know, technically you may not have actually enough time to practice, but your belief isn't that, uh, it's not around how much time you have to practice. It's your belief is, I don't have enough time to practice to make meaningful results, right? That's a, Now, that's a totally different thing. I don't have enough time to make meaningful results. In other words, you think that you have to practice for long, 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 long hours in order to get meaningful results. Well, I'm here to tell you that's actually not true. So you have to change your belief around that. So let's, let's just say like any one of those that I just mentioned, that's your old belief, okay? So the next thing you do is you start listening out evidence for why that belief is not true okay why is that belief not true now this might cause you to really have to spend some time thinking about it because you know if you do believe it's true right now now you have to kind of play devil's advocate and start poking holes in it right because you want to believe something else but you believe this now so you have to start poking holes in it well you know um, maybe I, the, 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 that thinking isn't correct because if I actually practice less of the melodic minor scales and take that out of my practice time, and I just spend 15 minutes of practicing, learning the next four bars of this jazz solo, and I found that to be beneficial in the past, maybe I can improve quicker by simply cutting out stuff that. Isn't as important or isn't giving me as much of a benefit and focusing more on the things that do. Okay. Or maybe it's like, well, hey, instead of just spending that 30 minute time to- of practice just noodling around and getting distracted, I actually had a clear plan of what to actually do, whether someone else fed that to me or I gave it for- to myself. Right. So you could start listing out as many different holes in that or um, give yourself evidence of a time when practicing very little amounts of time actually did net you bigger results, right? So, write as many different examples down of that or just think about them. But of course, writing them down is is always a great idea to do, okay? So, you establish your old belief about musical failure and you list as many reasons why possibly it's not true, right? It's not true, that belief, okay? Then you identify what your new belief is so the new belief is that you know failure is not really failure because i've learned how to get even better results. And in other words, it was a necessary step in the path towards reaching my musical goals. So we write down that belief and maybe you want to get that more concrete for yourself that's more personalized to you, right? Because maybe you're listening to this and what I'm speaking about is, is generalities, but you can kind of narrow that down very specifically to what that new belief would want to be. Now, the next thing you do is you write down or you list as many different reasons or as many different pieces of evidence of why that is true right now. Not why why it could be true, but why it's true right now, right? So list down as many of those as you possibly can. Now, just simply by doing that exercise in my experience, right? because I definitely have a lot of negative beliefs about things, not necessarily always about music, but about other things that... I want to get rid of, that I want to deprogram because they're not helpful for me in my life, or at least I've identified that, right? But my experience, just simply by doing an exercise like this, it doesn't change you right away. It doesn't shift your belief right away, but what you've done is you've planted the seed to start changing that mindset so that, you know, maybe not all the time, right? Like, for example, I messed up my YouTube videos yesterday, And at first, I was upset. And of course, I should be upset. That's a reasonable reaction to what happened. Of course, I felt like an idiot. Of course, I felt bad about myself for a second, you know, but I think the difference is whereas before I would kind of just stay there and just stay upset with what I had done, I was able to relatively quickly after I went through the natural process of mourning my lost time and my effort of going, oh, wait a second, actually, let's reframe the narrative here. If I didn't do that, I wouldn't have gotten this process that I've been working hard to get together more refined and basically set myself up for success for the long haul, right? So, it takes time to develop new beliefs about your musicality and what you're capable of, right? It takes time to do that. So we have to put this into practice all the time and constantly be challenging our beliefs about what we have about music, right? Whether it's about how much time we have to practice, whether it's if I'm too old, right? If I'm too old, you know, I've heard that a lot from people. They're like, well, I'm 70 years old, so I don't think I probably could do this. Well, I mean, you're wrong because I have lots of folks that are 60, 70, even 80 years old inside of our inner circle membership and they're doing it and they're learning and they're improving, right? So it's, you know, you can make up excuses for why you're going to fail and what you're not going to do. But the only true failure, again, is when you actually don't see something through to get a result, okay? When you actually didn't try anything, that you didn't try the thing you thought you couldn't do in order to recalibrate and see whether it's worth pursuing further or if you just need to recalibrate something about your process. Does that make sense? So what I'd love to challenge you to do this week is to think about what your quote unquote musical failures are, okay? So identify what those are, what you feel are your musical failures, and then start reframing that narrative to setting yourself up to win Mm -hmm every single time. All right. That's all for today's show. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you found that helpful. These are some mindsets and things that I try to work through uh, in life and in music. And so I hope that you find these helpful too, and at least are able to take some sort of action on these things and gain some insight to how you can make this work for yourself as well. Uh, Like I said, Hey, we would love to help you become a better jazz musician uh, to become better faster. Of course, who doesn't want to become a better musician faster, while practicing less. Because like I said, if you're practicing the right things and you're doing it in an environment that is conducive to helping you grow, then we can achieve great results in our jazz playing. And we do that in our Inner Circle membership every single week, every single day. Uh, it's really a lot of fun. So go to ljsinnercircle.com, ljsinnercircle.com. Check it out. Would love to have you join us and become a member. All right, we're going to come out with another episode next week on the show. Until then, happy practicing and cheers.